we have been talking or we've been under the main heading for some time, trapped by your traditions. Then we went from that to under grace. And now we're talking about frustrating the grace of God. This is actually part two on our new subtopic, frustrating the grace of God. Listen, and under that hashtag, I want you to put, it's not my fault. Amen. It's not my fault. Amen. It's not my fault because there will be those once you start walking in this grace in which you stand. There will be others who may be intimidated or threatened or even assail you. Because they don't understand. They think you're trying uh, to be arrogant or boastful, and it's nothing more than the favor of God on your life. That's not, hey, that's not my fault, man of God. That, that's something that God lavished on me as a result of being in relationship with him. Galatians 2.21, I want to read our foundation of Scripture. Then we're going to work our way back to it, okay? And let me say this. I am perennial or constant with my repetition by design. I'm in no way, form, or fashion trying to escalate through this. I want to take our time because one of the things we have to understand, when I have been indoctrinated with the wrong information or the wrong message, uh, it takes more than one or two sessions, one or two weeks to uproot the wrong indoctrination. Amen. So if I've been taught the wrong message, daughter, uh, it's going to take some time to get the right message cemented into me. So uh, a couple of things I want you to do. Make sure that you are studying apart from worship as well as taking these verses down, going back and looking at them in greater clarity, with greater clarity and context in which I've given you. Amen. Galatians 2.21. I do not... Listen to the Apostle Paul. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Do you see this? Now, I want you to read it to get into your spirit. And again, we're going to wake our, work our way back to it, and I'll give you some context on it. Ready? Let's read. I do not frustrate the grace of God. First of all, who see this? And Who see this? So, is it possible that we can frustrate the grace of God? <laughs> and we're going to, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but let me give you this. We're going to see, man of God, that Paul actually called, he, to do that, Paul tells us that we're actually perverting the gospel. Because what he's dealing with, he's in rebuke here, he's rebuking Peter. And Peter had went back to mixing law with grace. So when we mix law with grace, Apostle Paul considers that perverting the gospel. And we're going to show you this. And I'm going to give you the Greek definition of that word frustrate. But I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And, and, and let me say this. If all that has ever been preached to me 
is a performance-based doctrine, then the message of grace will sound somewhat selkuth or strange. And that's what's happening. It sounds strange to us because we have been taught to work for it for so long. And you can't work for grace. Now, the only work, if you will, that's required is for you to believe. But there's no work of righteousness that you could do, daughter, to become or to get in this place of grace. No, once I receive Jesus, that's the work. But the grace is given freely. We're going to see this. <laughs> and see, here's the thing. Whenever, and what, one of the things what Peter was doing, he was trying to build up again a system that has been destroyed. And when we do that, we become a transgressor. This is what we're going to see in a minute. And a transgressor, that word, it connotes in the Greek, someone who steps over or walks contrary to God's line. In other words, they become a deliberate violator of the word. So when we try to mix law and grace, we are trying to rebuild a system that has been done, done away with. Therefore, we are violating the word of God, which goes back to what we initially started some months ago. What? Because of your tradition, you make the word of God of no effect. Why? Because you have violated it. Are you here? So we're talking about frustrating the grace of God. Now, I just want to show you this real quickly to show you that this was the Apostle Paul's message. And we see throughout the Scripture on numerous occasions where Paul identified grace as the basis of his calling. He identified grace. Write that down. Paul identified grace as the basis of his calling. And as I stated last week, if the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is preached to you with the exclusion of grace, it is incomplete. There is no gospel without grace. <laughs> Let's look at this. Write this down. Grace is the essence or the true substance of the gospel. And because of the finished work of Jesus, we're now able to stand in this grace that was lavished on us. Acts 20, 24, 20 and 24, NLT. And I want you to read along with me again. I want you to read it whereby it's getting in you. Acts 20, 24. Let me know when it's on the screen. Okay, ready? Let's read. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Hold on. The work of telling others the good news or the gospel about the wonderful grace of God. Do you see this? This was his assignment to tell others about the gospel or the good news of the wonderful grace of God. And see, we're going to see throughout 
this, that you got to remember, beloved, grace is God's enabling power. We're able to do what we do, not because of our own adroitness, but because of his enabling power working on my behalf. We're going to see this. 1 Corinthians 3, 10, and 11. Notice I said that Paul identified himself on numerous occasions as the basis, or grace rather, he identified grace as the basis of his calling. 1 Corinthians 3, 11, and 10. Ready? Let's read. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder, and that he has done. Now, others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation, listen, must be very careful. So when we build on this foundation, we must be very careful. An example of being careful is we have to be careful not to mix law with grace. In other words, we have to be careful not to mix a you have to do this in order to be right gospel with the gospel of grace. For no one can lay, oh, look at this, and we're going to see this in Galatians. For no one can lay another foundation other than the one we have already laid, Jesus Christ. Again, if you preach the gospel with, with the exclusion of grace, it is not, the, it is an incomplete gospel. So we have to be careful how we lay on what has already been laid. <laughs> there is, and we're going to see in a minute, there is no other gospel. I don't know shit. Listen, there will be those who come with new teachings or doctrines, but there is no other. There's nothing that could be added to the foundation that has already been laid. Listen, it is not my fault that God has inundated me with his gracious, loving kindness and favor. And religion will try to get you to back off of that. Ephesians 3, 2. Ephesians 3, 2. Look at this now. If indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. Grace. Grace, write this down. Give you just a short definition of grace. And I've given it, this to you in the last several weeks. But grace is God's preternatural enabling power or supernatural enabling power. It is his undeserved, unearned favor without merit. That's where we get unmerited, being that you can't work for it. Let's get this straight. The work is not your performance. The work is believing to get you, which is what gets you in the place. So what's the work? You believing in Christ as Savior. 
That's the work. The work, daughter, is not trying to walk a certain way to get the grace. My believing, daughter, gets me the grace. This grace in which we stand. Who gets that? See, why is this important to know? Because Paul just told us, be careful how you build on this. <laughs> because I'm building wrong if I'm telling you, you got to do something performance-wise to get this grace. See, see, now I'm messing up what Paul has already established. I'm frustrating it. See, because now I'm trying to get you to work for it. Are you with me? Grace is God stooping in kindness to another as a superior, talking about him, to an inferior, talking about you and I, to reach us, listen to this, in our need, then he conveys upon us a benefit. Are you with me? So it is our union with Christ that places us in this position. How do I get in this position? Okay, let's look at this. Romans 5, 1 and 2. See, I have to give you this so as we move along, you already got this information. So much so that you should be able to articulate, regurgitate this without will. I mean, at will, excuse me. Romans 5, are you there? Let's look at this. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, how? That's by faith in Jesus, that is. We have peace. It, it, well, it tells you right here. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Verse 2, because of our, our faith in Christ, that is. Christ, see, look at this. Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. That word undeserved, again, grace. So how we brought into this position, you mean tell me you didn't do it? Your fasting, your praying, God, which are all good. Look, 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 look. So you're being consistent. Be consistent. But it's you not missing one service the whole year. That's how you got into this? No, 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 no. You got into this place because of what Jesus did. And when you understand that, again, the favor that's on you, see, that's why you have to have the revelation of this grace, and you will be dependent more on him than yourself. Therefore, now you are experiencing God's enabling power all the time, not every now and again. And when, and when these things start manifesting, listen, I'm telling you, it will look like you are trying to act like you. It, it, it's, look, this is not my fault. This was poured on me as a result of me coming into relationship with the Father. So don't get mad at me when I'm not trying to work my way right before God. No, I'm already right by virtue of what Jesus did. It's not my fault. (laughs) 
See, you, you have to believe this because religion will tell you, man, God, no, 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 this is impossible because you have to go through a series of defeat, hurt, harm, and dangers just like everybody. No, no, I'm not looking for that. No, no. Listen, things will try to oppose you. But stand in this grace. Because there's nothing that can come against you. Ah. Watch this. That because of his favor. Watch this. Then we'll go back to that chat noon. There's a fence around me. And it safeguards my life. So when you find yourself being challenged, God's going to stoop down, lean in your favor. Watch this. And go to work on your behalf. Why? Because that's what grace does. And when we don't rely on him, we frustrate. Trying to get it, trying to, you know, do a series of things on my own. See, you're frustrating the grace. You're opting out of his help. And maybe that's why some go through more regular than they should because they're relying on themselves and not God's enabling power. That's why you hear Christians talking about, I can't win for losing. Get on the side of grace. That's what you are, Arpa. That's what you are under. Every time I turn around, the devil bitch, get under grace. I'm not backing off of it. I'm not frustrating the grace. <laughs> Are you here? So we were brought into this position of undeserved privilege. Because of who? So it's not your work. What is your work? Okay, so who, who got that? So I can move on. That's, I just wanted to make that, uh, I, I wanted to make it, thank you, crystal clear, where there's no misunderstanding. The work is me believing in Jesus, right? Who got that? Because if I have to work for it, it's no longer grace. You can find that in Romans 4, 4, Romans 11, 5, and 6. But just write that down. Let, let me give you this other here, what, what we're on now, how we got in this position. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 6, and 8. Watch this now. She thinks she's something that every time I look, she's always getting all these, but child, it's not my fault. You being, in, you being born daughter into a royal family, that's not your fault. I inherited this wealth. She upsetting me for? <laughs> my fault. Next time someone, look, see, you're wasting your time. 
arguing with people, trying to explain yourself to people, trying to justify God's goodness and so you don't feel guilty. Here's how you deal with that. It's not my fault, daughter. You think you're something. It's not my fault. Jesus did this to me. And you can have the same thing if you do what I did. Believe. So we praise God for the Look at this. Glorious grace. He has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. So once we become a part of the beloved daughter, this is poured on me. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with his blood of his son and forgave our sins. Verse 8, he has showered. Uh, uh, the original word is lavished, which literally means where it says he has showered, it connotes all around, which indicates abundance and surplus. Ah. So where it says he has showered his kindness on us, in other words, there is an abundance and surplus of grace around me, on me. Along with wisdom, all, excuse me, along with all wisdom and, uh, listen, beloved, this was poured on me. He lavished this. It's not my fault, but I'm going to stand in it. And I'm not, in my best English, going to stud anybody that tries to get me out of it. Because religion would try to get you out of it. Galatians 2. Now, let, let's get to our text. Galatians 2. Now, again, the purpose why Paul is writing this particular epistle, he's writing to refute. Judaizers, these were people who taught that the Gentile believers, those who are non-Jews, must obey the Jewish law in order to be saved. So he was writing to refute that. Then to call the believers or the Christians back to faith and their freedom in Christ. Okay? So he's dealing, watch this, with those who were trying to mix law with grace. Notice those Judaizers, those who were strict adherents under the law of Moses. We, we've seen throughout this season that the law ended with Christ. Why? Because he fulfilled it. Are you with me? But you still had those who were strict adherents. And see, sometimes that's why, you know, once we come into the body of Christ, those old thought patterns and ways, they would still try to dominate. See, that's what happened to Peter. Peter was walking in his grace. Then he reverted back for a moment. Are you with me? So he's 
calling to refute that or writing to refute that. Now, verses, what you'll find in verses 21 to through, I'm sorry, 20, verses 11 through 21 in chapter 2, this is Paul's rebuke to the apostle Peter. And as I mentioned last week, when Peter first came to Antioch, he was eating with the Gentiles. He was enjoying uh, his liberty as a Christian. Uh, and, and according to Jewish tradition, he would not have done this. So what happened, there was this, uh, uh, this, this Jewish group of faction or group of Jewish individuals who came down to Antioch. They said they were sent by James, but of course they were not. And they were thought to be Christians, watch this, who were still clinging to certain legal observances that were under the law. So, again, they were mixing performance with undeserved. <laughs> they were trying to mix what they did with grace. Are you following me? So, this is what you're going to find when you, you see this. So, when they arrived, what happened, because Peter recognized them, and, and they seen Peter having fellowship with the Gentiles, fearing, fearing that his behavior would get back to the legalists, guess what? He stopped eating with the Gentiles. And by doing this, he was implying that the observances of the Jewish law and customs was necessary for holiness. So by him going back to that, he was saying, yeah, you got to do this in order to be holy. She said, it works. Now, mind you, he was walking in his liberty. Put up Galatians 5.1. I'm going to jump ahead of myself just one. Put up Galatians 5.1. And listen, Peter knew better, man of God, because when he was sent to Cornelius' house in the book of Acts, the Lord had already reminded him that don't you call uncommon or unclean that which I have cleansed. Are you here? Stand fast in this liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. This is what he said. Man, stand fast in this. See, when I go back to trying to mix law with grace, see, I'm going back. See, I'm, I'm being entangled in the yoke of bondage when I'm trying to make myself justified before God by what I do. Let's start at verse 16. Knowing that, it, and, and I'll give you a little, explain these verse. Knowing that a man is not, here we go, right here, justified by the works of the law. But hold on, let me, let me say something. Because <laughs> if you think this is boring or unnecessary, something you don't need to hear, you're doing yourself a great disservice. Because this is the gospel that should be preached. <laughs> and I submit to you, more than not, the majority of believers are frustrating the grace of God. Just listen to them. Listen to the conversation, man of God, and you can hear in their conversation that 
their works or what they do is what's making them right before God. You can hear it. Bunch of pride. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith, but by the faith of who? Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be what? Justified by the faith of, that's why, oh, I can't wait to get back on faithful new creation of Christ. We live by, from the faith of Jesus. And not by works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no man, shall no flesh be what? Justified. Notice, Paul is reminding Peter that even we Jews came to the conclusion that salvation is by faith in Christ, not by the keeping of the law. So be careful of any of these sects out here telling you that you're still up under the law. The devil is a liar. <laughs> you can live by it if you want to right here. Just If you study your Bible, you'll find that I'm not justified by that. So you have to have your verses too. Do combat the verses that are taken out of context. And it's not that everybody is always right. It's just that most people don't know what to refer to or where to go. So since there's nothing in me to rebuttal what you have said, he must be right. But see, you have to know your verses just like they know theirs or so they think. You hear? Verse 17. But if while we seek to be, listen to what it said, but if, we, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, watch this, we ourselves are found sinners if therefore Christ is the minister of sin. No, no, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. Here's what, here's what Paul is saying. You hear? Paul and Peter and others had sought justification in Christ and Christ alone. Okay? Peter's actions at Antioch, however, seemed to indicate that he was not completely justified, but had to go back under the law to complete his salvation. That's what his action was saying, man. You know what? Now, we've already concluded that we're justified in Christ. But when he stopped eating with the Gentiles, he was saying, wait a minute. Uh, we, need to get, we need to go back under the law in order to complete this. You hear? If this is so, Paul was saying, then Christ is not a perfect and sufficient Savior. If we go to him, this is, what he, this is what verse 17, this is what he's saying. If we go to him to have our sins forgiven, but then have to go back elsewhere in addition, is not Christ a minister of sin in failing to fulfill his promises? That's what he said in verse 17. So he's saying, man, if we got to receive Jesus, then go back and do something else. What Christ did wasn't sufficient. He now has become a minister of sin, failing to fulfill his promises. Look at verse 18. For if I build, here we go in verse 18. Again, the things which I what? Destroy, I make myself a transgressor. Somebody violating God's word, going across the line. 
See, Peter had, now notice, Peter had abandoned the whole legal system for, for his faith in Christ. He had, matter of fact, he had rejected any difference between Jew and Gentile when it came to finding favor with God. Now, by refusing to eat with Gentiles, he is building back up again what he once destroyed. So when we receive Jesus, then we go back to trying to make ourselves right before God by what we do. You're trying to rebuild what was destroyed. It's not my fault. So you're not going to get me out here trying to perform to be right before God. Now, see, again, I understand my position. So my practice is going to correspond with my position. Why? Because it is grace that teaches me how to live ungodly. I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah, it teaches me how not to live, excuse me, ungodly. It teaches me how to live holy. Who gets that? <laughs> so now by refusing with Gentiles, he's building up again what he has once destroyed. In doing so, Peter proves himself to be a transgressor. You announce one who has went beyond the line. Listen to this. Either he was wrong in leaving the law for Christ or he is wrong now in leaving Christ for the law. So this is what Paul is saying. Which, 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 what's what? Are you here? Here, here go verse 19. For I through the law am what? Dead to the law, that I might live unto God. See, the law only has rule over you as long as you are alive to it. We've seen that the other week. But a dead man can't serve the law. Oh, God. Verse 19, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Do y'all see that? The life that I'm living now, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Verse 21, I do not frustrate. This is what he's telling. Now, now Peter got right. But, but still, we have to be reminded. So when we see others going astray, I need to remind you, boo-boo. Come on. No, 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 no. Don't. You're frustrating the grace of God. Oh, oh, I got to do that. Gary, you're frustrating the grace of God. Walking that abundance of grace that he has so lavished. See, that's what that guilt will do, Crystal. When, 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 you know, something... Try to come against you. Oh man, I man, I need to go on fast, man. Man, I, man, I need I need to get it together. I, man, I man, I don't know what I, I don't know what I did deserve it. So so you start trying to do things performance wise. Rather than walking in this grace. No, Lord, I I don't know what this is trying to come against me. But I know there's a fence around me. And you will safeguard my life. I'm ashamed. You hear? Look at this. Notice what he said. I do not frustrate the grace of God. 
For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. In other words, say, man, if we have to go back and keep continuing to doing certain things on the law after we receive Christ, he died for nothing, Peter. He died in vain, bruh. That word frustrate is the Greek word at the tail, at the tail. Put the definition up. Here's what we do when we try to mix law and grace. It means what? To do away with what has been laid down. Do you see this? This is what this word frustrating the Greek means. Now, who remembers earlier we seen that Paul said, listen, I've already established this foundation now. There's no other gospel. So be careful how you build on what I've laid down. So when we frustrated, we're doing what has already been laid down. Oh, it is to set aside. It is to annul. Y'all think this stuff doesn't come together? Notice it says to what? Make of no effect. For you have made the word of God of no effect by your traditions. And tradition has taught us to mix law and grace. And that's why certain things we're hit and miss it relative to the blessing because we have made it of no effect by frustrating the grace, by getting in the way. Oh, y'all. You said you ignore it when you think it's because of what you're doing. Break faith with. Man, listen, guys, I'm telling you, you got to get this because let me tell you what has been pounded on the body of Christ a mixture. Go, go down a little further. Is that all of it? Okay. Out the tail. Properly to what? Do away with. Reject what is already laid out to set aside, disregard, as spurious. Do you see? Bogus. See, when you disregard as spurious, you're saying, oh, no, this, uh, that, that ain't authentic. You nullify. You make, you, again, you break faith with. You get out of agreement. Next. Watch this. Remove out of and appoint a proper place. Look, notice. Do y'all remember earlier we seen this dispensation? A certain time. Notice he said, look, we move out of an appointment. We're, notice we've seen in Romans 6.14 that we're no longer under law. We're under grace. So when I, when I frustrated, I am removing myself out of what I am in. And we are under grace because of what Christ is. So why would you move yourself out from up under the dispensation of grace by trying to mix what you do with what Jesus has already done? Oh, to counsel, annul, abrogate. Do you see this? Uh, watch this. Be set aside because perceived to lack value. 
and we have, when it re- relative to the message of grace, we has been taught where it is of no value because as soon as you say it, the first thing people say, ah, you telling people to live any kind of way. Who did you hear say that? You better look how slick the devil is. He don't want you to realize, daughter, that this grace has been lavished on you. To disregard, to refuse. See, so when we frustrate the grace of God, we're refusing to acknowledge. Really, you're, you, you're refusing to acknowledge what Jesus did. That's why, that's why he tells people, man, well, if, 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 if I, if, to uh, frustrate it means that Christ died in vain, man. What, you're saying Christ died for nothing. Are you here? Here's, here's what he's saying. When a man tries to earn God's grace, he makes it void. It is no longer grace if a man deserves it or earns it. <laughs> Paul's final thrust at Peter is effective. If Peter could obtain favor, this is what he's saying, with God by Jewish observances, then Christ died for nothing. He literally threw his life away. So verse 21, I would suppose, if I, was, I wasn't there, but I would suppose that this is where Peter had that aha moment. right. You got to remember, daughter, he was living under grace. But let people cause him to go back to mixing it. That's why when you get around your, 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 your Baptist friends, you're under grace. This is no reflection against Baptist example. But then when you get around your Pentecostal friends, you back up under grace and law. You start, you, oh, oh, was that wrong? Uh, I'm not knocking. Uh, because, you know, you know, under the Pentecostal persuasion, long time ago, I'm sure it's changed now, you know, it was, you know, it was more about what you did. It's the works. So, so, no, 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 no. I'm staying on the grace whether you're a Baptist friend, a Methodist friend, a Catholic friend, a Pentecostal friend, a non-denominator, whatever, I'm standing in this grace. Yeah. If man could obtain God's grace, watch this. This is what he's also saying. Through the observances and self-effort, then Christ died for nothing. Listen, beloved, Christ died because man could obtain righteousness in no other way, not even by law keeping. So Christ had to die that we might become right with God. Now write this down. Write this down, and I'm going to show you this next week. This is what we're going to pick up. To turn from law to grace is to be bewitched. It is to be lulled as by a magic spell and unwarily to accept 
falsehood for truth. Okay, I'll say it again. To turn from law to grace is to be bewitched. We're going to see this in the Word of God. It is to be lulled. As, it's, it's almost like being put under a magic spell. It is to be lulled as by a magic spell and unwarily to accept falsehood for truth. And see, that's what we do when we frustrate the grace. We accept falsehood for truth. Come on, let's get the Lord a hand clap for his word. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.